Hey guys, welcome to Shh, Mom is Trying to Read, a book club podcast. I'm Shay, queen of romance. And I'm Lakin, queen of thrillers. Twice a month, we will select and read a book and then discuss, rate, and review it here on the podcast. Join our Facebook page to keep up with book selections, episodes, and connect with other book lovers. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today we are going to be discussing everyone's, I think it's everyone's favorite, it's a lot of people's favorites, Fourth Wing and Iron Flame. And this is kind of a long-awaited episode for us. It is. We've talked about it for a couple months. Well, probably since Iron Flame came out is when we've been talking about recording this episode. Yeah, I think so. And I feel like we maybe even mentioned it a little bit before that, whenever, because you read Fourth Wing before me, but maybe around the time when I was reading Fourth Wing or when I first finished it, which I read it in August, I think. So yeah, it's been a long time coming. For sure. I'm excited to talk about it, but also want to point out that I'm not very smart when it comes to fantasy books. (laughs) No, full disclaimer, we are not typically fantasy girlies. (laughs) No, not at all. And we also, as much as we like just we enjoyed these books we are not like you have some people with fantasy in general and then even more so I feel like with this series you have some people that are just like so invested in like the fantasy world that the book is set in Mm -hmm. and just can tell you like all these details (laughs) yeah that's not us nope so if you're looking for a super in-depth like Summary. review summary <laughs> that's not this no we're just talking about our thoughts and what we enjoyed or maybe and didn't enjoy about the book that is all <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so with that I think let's start obviously let's start with fourth wing because that's the first book in the series and Shay what did you rate fourth wing so I rated it five stars which Like, I did enjoy it, but at the time when I was reading it, I was shocked of how much I enjoyed a fantasy book. Because like you said, we're not really fantasy girlies. And I pretty much was like, I'm never going to read fantasy because I just don't enjoy it. And then I suckered into reading Fourth Wing because it was so big and popular. Everyone was loving it. And I have no regrets of that at all. Yes, I also rated it five stars. I loved it. And I have read fantasy before. Like when I was younger, I read all the Harry Potter books, loved those. I've read the Hunger Games series, loved that. But I feel like those are pretty, like those are your just big popular fantasy books. And that's to the extent of my fantasy, like knowledge. So I had went into it, like reading a little bit of fantasy before, but definitely not my top genre so I was a little like and eh, I don't know if I'm gonna like it but it's literally everywhere so let's give it a chance and definitely glad that I did I think I one reason why I liked it so much for me was because normally with first books of a fantasy series that first book is just strictly like world building nothing too crazy might not happen you know like you're because you're just trying to learn like what are all these words and sayings and meanings and places and people and stuff and I felt like this was like it obviously had that because you know dragons and so forth 
but I feel like it was also so I don't want to say basic but it was just like it was easy for me to comprehend for my brain (laughs) I agree and I think a lot of that just has to do with how well the author kind of put the story together yes like she so we'll do a little disclaimer too we both listened to fourth wing and iron flame on audiobook we did not actually like physically read these books Mm -hmm. and that is something we can kind of talk about a little bit more too um I definitely think that that played a role we both want to go back and actually read the books I especially when we no, a for sure day on the third one is probably when I will start planning my reread of book one and two. Yes, because while I definitely feel like I got most of the full experience, especially a fourth wing doing it audiobook, I do feel that there's probably like I know that the actual books have like little maps and little diagrams and just like a little bit more to kind of give us a more in-depth like idea. Mm-hmm. of what's going on and I think we missed a little bit of, a little bit of that doing them audiobook and especially with like the second book Iron Flame which we'll get into it a little bit more too but I did enjoy it on audiobook but I do feel like we missed out on some stuff doing it on audiobook absolutely well okay this is probably like embarrassing of me to say but it just shows you how easy it is to like mishear stuff and like not hear things was when I was listening to Fourth Wing. Again, I went into this book blind. I didn't even read the description. I just knew everyone was going crazy about it. And I was like listening to it and it kept saying writer. And I thought they were saying writer, like literally like writing with a pen. Mm. I was so confused. And so like I stopped and I read the description and I was like, okay, everything makes a lot more sense now because I know what word they're actually saying. But like I said, that just shows you how easy it is to like mishear stuff and know what is going on. Yes, absolutely. So that's just like a little bit of a disclaimer too. Like we didn't actually get to physically read the words on the page or see the words on the page. And I feel like that definitely makes a difference, especially with books like these. Yes. But back to how you said, like, how we were talking about how the author did a really good job of making us kind of understand the gist of this fantasy world without having to spend an entire book teaching us about it. Mm -hmm. That is actually one thing I had here in my notes for Fourth Wing was that did you notice how in the beginning or in fourth wing Violet would kind of like to calm herself. So she had studied to be a scribe her entire life, which the scribe was kind of like, they're like the researchers, the history mm-hmm. people. Um, when she would need to like calm herself or like when she was feeling nervous or anxious, she would kind of, she would quote, parts of like I think that they called it like the code the codex or the cotex which is kind of like the laws of their land she would quote pieces of that to like help calm her down because that was just she'd done that her entire life she was confident in that like she could first cite it just off the top of her head but in doing that the author kind of gave us pieces of their world or helped us understand pieces of their world Mm -hmm. but it was in such a like kind of like just slid it in there without very easily just slipped us information about the world but into the storyline also it was like very casually that is the word I'm looking for yes kind of put in where we're learning about Basgaeth and like the 
the world that they're in, but we're not having to just like, it's not an information dump either. Yes. Yes. So I really like that. That is the issue when I have when it comes to fantasy. It's just like all the, you like I said, or actually I think I said this before we recorded, but most fantasy books, you know, that book one is just so much of information on like world building that it can get overwhelming for me, at least understanding it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I never once felt like that. And I was immediately immersed into this world and this storyline me too it was also never hard for me because again this is not a real it's a fantasy world I feel like it could be easy to just be like what like what are they talking about what is this thing and I was just honestly really able to picture everything that was happening really well while I was reading the book too I was the exact same way it was like I said like it was obviously it was far out there it's fantasy it's not real but like I don't feel like it was so far out like you said like we could I could still picture it easily like Mm -hmm. every like when they would be practicing like fighting each other or just I don't know like I had the whole like school like pictured in my head the entire time Yes, me too. It was like an actual movie playing in my head the entire time I was listening to the book. And I feel like that is like when you know, like, A, a book in itself is just very well written. And then also when you know, like, the audiobook is well done as well, whenever it has you that captivated that you're literally able to kind of watch it play in your head as you're listening to it. 100%. So what did you think, just like kind of diving, like... The book started out, I think that it immediately captivated me in the very beginning because like not very far into the book, the first like within the first couple chapters, you know, we immediately have someone die. Like Rebecca Yaros was not afraid to just like (laughs) cut people out of the book. And I feel like that little because I think one of the first people that we have die in the book was when they were walking the parapet, Mm -hmm. which is like this big tall like I don't know crazy (laughs) like almost like a bridge without railings like super high up in the air I didn't really like where basically if you fall off like you won't survive because it's this high up in the air and like we have someone die very quickly off of that thing and I think that's whenever I was like okay it's going to be one of these books (laughs) (laughs) nope It's it's an all or nothing type thing. Like you either make it or you don't, which I guess is like, that's the point of what they're doing. You know, they're training these writers to be able to fight for whatever they get told to fight for. Yes. And that whole situation with the parapet just made me like laugh knowing that like, (laughs) no way would I be able to do that. (laughs) No. Because we went to, I think you've been there, but. Last year, we were in Branson, and we went to this place called Beyond the Lens, and it's, like, a fun little, like, I don't know, place to go, and they have different activities inside of it, and they had a virtual reality game, and you put on the virtual reality headset, and there was essentially just, like, a balance beam on the ground that you had to walk, but when you have the on the virtual reality, like, screen, it makes it feel like you're walking, like, out of a like high rise like New York City super tall building and you're walking out on this like balance beam that like 
it's so far up in the air, like over traffic, you know? Mm-hmm. And I knew like, legit, like I knew realistically that I wasn't going to fall <laughs> to my death <laughs> down this, like into the street. I knew it was a balance beam on the ground, but I couldn't make myself <laughs> take one step <laughs> because like the virtual reality thing was just so creepy and real. So yeah. just that little thing right there, I'm like, yeah, no way would I be <laughs> able to do this. Like, pit like I would just I would be done before I even start I would like to think that I could but I know that there's no way that I would be able to do it which come to find out though like later on in the book like not saying that it's not hard obviously but come to find out there was a reason why it was so hard for Violet to get across yes because her mom yeah. There was a storm that was happening during her walking this parapet. So not only was she having to just like walk this parapet and not fall, but it was also during the middle of this big, crazy storm. So she's facing, what was it like thunder and rain and like wind, I think wind. Too. Yes, yeah. I think you're right. So it was that on top of it. And then come to find out, yeah, her mom can basically like control the weather. Yeah. And she and- did that. <laughs> Yes, which is so crazy. I hated her mom. Oh my god! The entire fourth week. <laughs> Me too. I just felt like she was completely. I'm like, you forced her into the writer's quadrant. You know, like she was planning to be a scribe, and you forced her into the writer's quadrant, and then you essentially make her life hell. I'll just, you know, zero, literally zero amount of like loving mother qualities (laughs) to her none none at all and I'm like there had to have been a way like and I guess like as we watch like or as we read like Iron Flame 2 like we get a little bit more clarity I guess on the mom a little bit yeah but still I'm like you can make your daughter strong or make her like do these things but like like, isn't there a way you could have done it in just, like, a better way besides being a complete, like, jerk? <laughs> well, how long did, like, I'm thinking, like, even, like, how long did she know she was going to make her go into the writer's quadrant? Like, yes, and she's training her before she went, because that's what a mo- majority of them, you know, like, they knew. Mm-hmm. So they kind of were a little bit prepared for all the trials they were going to have to go through. But Violet never once trained for that. No, it was, like, very soon before, like, so they had to, like, choose, like, they had to, like, make a decision, I guess, right, on, like, what quadrant they wanted to go to or whatever, and it was, like, a day or two before that happened, right, that her mom was, like, you're going to be a writer, you're going into the writer's quadrant, like, you're not going to be a scribe, yeah, like, a little bit of, like, like, you couldn't have told her that, like, years before, so that way she was a little bit prepared, (laughs) Yeah, because then, like, all she had, like, when it was final decision, like, her sister Mira just gave her, like, I think her journals and then, um, or maybe it was her brother's journals, and then just was, like, put your hair up, wear these. Gave her tips. Yeah, like, and it was just, like, really fast tips to, like, pretty much get her across the parapet, and that was kind of it. Yeah, 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 just, like, little tips to get her across the parapet, but as far as, like, any actual, like, training she had zero no like fighting training no like I would assume like no like muscle train you know like nothing to like no working like things that would get you like stronger maybe 
to go into it. I know it was just so crazy that I just, I hated her mom for all of that. It was, yeah. Which like you said, we find it a little bit more, but it was very frustrating in that first book listening to how her mom was. It really was. One, I did like how he kind of got introduced to like, as she's like getting ready to walk the parapet we kind of get introduced to a lot of the main characters like right there off the bat too and I loved from the moment that they like met I loved her and Rhiannon's friendship yeah I loved her friendship I loved that Violet and I think it kind of gave us a lot of like information this little act of just like who Violet was and like her personality but like the fact that Violet like looked at Rhiannon is that how is that right I think so, and then I think they also called her just Re sometimes Re. too. Like okay, yeah, yes, I think you're right. But how she looked at her and was like, "No, like you need help," and gave her one of her shoes. Yep. And just like I think that that just told like, okay, oh my goodness, like this is the cutest little friendship for me. But then also just like Violet was willing to like hurt herself to help someone else, and that kind of gave us a lot of foreshadowing just on like her character. Especially because she already knew she was like the winkling. Like she knew all these trials were going to be so hard for her because she was not prepared for them. And she did that. Yes, I agree. So whenever we first kind of got into the book, what did you think? What were your first impressions of Dane? Did you like him or did you hate him? Were you indifferent towards him? What did you think? At first, I liked him because I was like, oh, good. You know, she's got someone. Violet has someone to watch her back, someone to, like, help her out a little bit, you know, kind of keep an eye on her. Like, really, I had no issues with him whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. I was the same way. I'm like, okay, good. She has someone who can kind of help her like you said he's going to have her back like someone who obviously has been through all of these things because he was like a year ahead of her I think it was like good like she's going to have this kind of like this friend this friend this confidant like he's going to help her but I feel like really then quickly after that initial thought he started to annoy me he did get very annoying. He was very, like, he, before we even knew what his signet or power, whatever you want to call it, was, mm-hmm. and that whole scenario, like, he started to become very, like, pushy with her and a little bit controlling of just, you know, like, especially when, like, Zayden really came into the picture, he just, yes, I think he, he just wanted to control her any way that he could. Yes, and he had literally zero confidence in her yes oh my gosh yes that too anything that she thought she could do he just was like no like don't do it because you can't simple as that yes because I feel like one thing about Violet that we learned pretty quickly like okay she didn't want to be like in the beginning she didn't want to be a writer she wanted to be a scribe she was upset she was mad she was frustrated she didn't want to be a writer and she was like scared but then like once she made it across the parapet and she starts her training into be like into being a writer she kind of was just like okay I'm gonna put my best foot forward I'm going to give my all to being the best writer that I can be like I'm going to do my best to do this and she kind of decided like okay like I do want to do this like maybe I can do this and as she's starting to think like okay I can do it I want to do it he's still like no you don't need to do it you can't do this like I'm going to go out of my way to like I'm going to like he almost like he wanted her to 
be a scribe regardless of what her mom said like he was just like consistently pushing her to like not be a writer even whenever she herself was like no I actually do want to do this he, I think he kept thinking that he could go pull some strings with like his dad because his dad was someone mm-hmm. or someone higher up and like I think she pretty much was like listen like I don't like at this point it is what it is like she accepted the fact like she was going to be a writer yeah it wasn't changing like she dealt she had to like she went through with her mother like she dealt with all that he wasn't obviously there to know yes her mother and she didn't give her a choice no and as like her training for being a writer kind of progressed she was hanging she was holding her own yeah and I think she was starting to feel like okay maybe I can do this and then he was just like no you're too weak I don't want you to get her like you can't like go be a scribe and I think that she I don't know I just started to get really annoyed with him as like she kind of started to get annoyed with him too like I want to do this be confident in me that I can do like give me like help me do this instead of discouraging me so I don't know he kind of just annoyed me really fast but then by the end of the book I hated him (laughs) yeah it just went downhill from there it was like he started out fine and then it just it never got better (laughs) no it didn't and then Zayden I pretty much just like immediately liked him even (laughs) whenever like her Violet and Zayden kind of in the when they first met and they kind of had the like rival rivalry because his family hates her family and all of that like I still liked him from the beginning I was the same way I just liked his like kind of like no BS attitude mm-hmm. it just like yeah he was obviously like a jerk to her but like it pushed her to you know work harder and try harder and then like I don't know especially that one scene when Zayden she I don't even remember what Violet was doing but she went out like I think past like their curfew or whatever like at nighttime and she She was gathering yes she was gathering herbs because I had this yes yes okay I couldn't remember what she was doing but like I don't know that whole like scene where she caught him with like three or more people which was against the wall or rule yes and, and they were all part of the rebellion so yeah. they definitely weren't supposed to be like doing together people yeah like yeah. I, I feel like after that was a huge turning point for me with Zayden I was like okay I think we're gonna end up really liking him like he's kind of being a jerk right now but I think he's kind of a good guy Yes, and even when he was being a jerk to Violet, in his role as, and was it squad leader? I can't remember. Some someone's yelling at me because that's probably not his actual. No, I think role. that's right. But whatever role he had in the, like whatever his job was, like even though like him and Violet had their like you know the family rival rivalry, I struggle with that word. Um, he was still like supporting her and helping her be a better writer he was the complete opposite of Dane he Mm -hmm. was like no get your butt up and do it again because you can do it and stop and use your brain and figure out you know how to do it yes and he even kind of gave her was the opposite yes a hundred percent and Zayden even kind of gave her the idea for like the poisoning Mm -hmm. because I think he said something like 
there's more than one way to do things. And so they had these like, I love this, like they had the like hand to hand combat, like training where like they would fight and like some, like this was like serious stuff because some of the like more like bad kid, like people, like some would get seriously injured if not killed during this like training. Yeah. Because it was like very, very intense. And of course, like Violet, like, she was kind of the weaker one to start out with and wasn't very good at her like just like fighting and I loved absolutely just loved that she thought like she used her information from like when she had studied to be a scribe mm-hmm. to like learn and like learn the weaknesses of these other riders and <laughs> poisoned them but not to the extent of like seriously hurting them but to just enough to like make them <laughs> weak to weaken them so that she could beat them in the like training was just genius I loved that it was such like using her strengths in a different way but to still like come out ahead I was just like I loved that whole I loved that I mean and like I know like once they found out about all that they were like this isn't gonna work in a real battle which like yeah whatever but I'm like okay but right now it's when it's working and it's getting her through this so it's fine yes and it's kind of like because you just kind of get thrown into this, like, riders, like, into this, like, fighting and stuff. And where maybe a lot of the other kids, because how he had talked about, like, they kind of trained. Like, they knew they wanted to be a rider for their entire life. So they've kind of worked towards that goal, trained a little bit to be ready to be a rider. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have that. So at least in the, like, maybe it kind of helped her get some training in without having to fear of, like, dying or getting seriously injured during the training yes no I love I just I don't know I just thought that was so fun to me her poisoning people but it wasn't in a serious way so so this kind of like goes along with like because I feel like this guy kind of showed up a lot during those hand-to-hand combat training times but Jack Barlow was such a jerk I hated him I hated him and especially like from the moment we met him like of course like he like threatened her whenever they were like what actually on the parapet right yeah like he like instantly just was like I don't like you so my goal is to kill you like you're gonna for no reason it's just no like, reason oh, aside from I yeah I guess her last name Soringel yes. yes but aside from that like literally no reason I hated yeah I hated him like and then uh, I mean we find out a little bit more about him in book two but still I was yes very glad when he ended up dying in fourth place <laughs> yes me too I was so sick of him me too so one uh, like one thing too that I was just so skeptical about with the book was the whole aspect of the dragons I was just like okay okay this is this going to be weird like I just didn't know again because we're not I'm not a fantasy girl for the most part I was just like I don't know is that going to be like such a we you know just like is that going to be dumb I don't know how I'm going to like that aspect in the book okay completely wrong loved it (laughs) I that was probably one of especially I mean I don't know in Iron Flame there are some good like parts but I loved like listening to all the like commentary between mm-hmm. her and her dragons and like um oh, my mind just went blank what her dragon's name is Taryn and Andorna. Um, yes 
I'm like Karen just oh my gosh I laughed so I can't tell you how many times I would laugh out loud because their his comments was so like dry humor but so funny yes I agree I loved it too I loved also and we get a little we got a little bit more of like Andarna's personality in Iron Flame I feel <laughs> yeah. like but I kind of love that they were like um like Taryn was sour and Andarna was sweet like they yes. kind of like balanced each other out like completely different and of course you have like Taryn the biggest like baddest dragon of them all and then you have little cute tiny <laughs> Andarna I just I don't know I just loved that I loved that like they're like you know only one dragon you know a rider only has like one dragon and you know our little violet gets two which is so rare never I don't think had ever happened and I like how they like all the people that were ticked about her having two dragons like there's nothing they can do about it they can't question how dragons choose their riders yes and I loved that whole process too and I felt like that was just so again the author just did such a great job something that is of course like it's not real so it could have been very confusing on how this whole process worked she made it just make so much sense like I don't she just made it it was just so well written I was never confused and yeah. I loved how like they got to walk through kind of like this forest of dragons yes. first and let the dragons get like a look at the, like the, they basically got like these students these writers like walk through this forest and I just pictured it like they're walking this path through the forest and all these diamond or these dragons are just like glaring at them from the side <laughs> And they're, like, basically judging. Like, these dragons are judging all of these students. He's almost like a dog, like, sniffing, like, hmm, are you my new owner? (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then, like, again, with, like, Rebecca Yarrow's not caring to just kill someone off. Like, when they're doing this and you have this one kid, and I can't tell you his name, but I think he's kind of being, like, a little mouthy or something, right? Like, he was, (laughs) they said, like, don't talk to the dragons or something like that. I forgot about that. And he did, and one of the dragons just, like, breathed fire on him and (laughs) incinerated him, just, like, on the spot. And they were like, and this is why you keep your mouth shut and listen. And it's one of those things, like, should I be laughing that this guy just got, like, <laughs> incinerated? But then I'm like, well, he, he didn't follow the rules. Yep, like, they told him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I just loved that whole process. I loved how, you know, like, this big quote for the book, uh, what is it? A dragon without a rider is a tragedy, but a rider without his dragon is dead. Yep. And I just, I don't know. I loved that. I loved how she had a lot of like taglines that were pretty short and simple, but like it just gave you so much information on how it all worked. Yes. And then the really like kind of with the whole dragon scenario and stuff, like when they finally do get paired with the dragon about how Taryn and Zayden's dragon is mates. So they're like, all of them are pretty much stuck together for life. Yes, that was so interesting to me. Yeah, Zayden and Violet couldn't get too far away from each other because their dragons were bonded or whatever. So mm-hmm. they couldn't be too far. So they, it was kind of like a little bit of like forced proximity inside yes. of this, like a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Which we all know, like that's kind of a fun little trope. So it was just kind of like a little mini trope inside this 
book, which was kind of fun. So the, okay, before I talk about one, like to kind of end fourth wing, I don't really remember them talking about this that much, but so Violet's hair, I guess, is silver at the end. Do you remember that detail? Yes, because she was very sick when she was younger and like maybe like a fever or something caused it to be that way. I don't remember, but I guess there's more like things to do with that. Because someone I like that we don't know about yet, like we haven't like heard of like read it yet, because um I watched a interview with Rebecca the author and they were like, did you just do that? Because like Rebecca's hair, I don't know if you've ever seen her, but like she sometimes has like purple hair and blue hair and pink hair. Yes. And someone was like, do you did you do that because like you obviously like to color your hair you know whatever and she's like no there's a reason and she's like you don't know yet and I was like what everyone like in the audience like freaked out because obviously that kind of just gave us a hint without much of a hint yeah a little foreshadowing without like knowing at like what it's going to be about no I didn't know that I knew like like the reason they said the reasoning was because she was sick and then I had heard that like because Violet has some sort of like chronic illness or something and that's why she's like considered weaker or something. And I never really, and this is probably part of like missing details because we listen on audiobook. I'm not sure what that like illness was, but um, Rebecca Yaros has that same illness. So she kind of like made that into the character for Violet because that's why Violet like was kind of considered like weak and everybody was so concerned with her. And the one guy, the one healer who said like, you know, she had spent a lot of time healing her when she was younger it's because of whatever this chronic illness is that she had I can't again I'm completely missed the detail like what that is but Rebecca Yarrow's also has that so that's kind of a little fun fact I had read props to anyone that can remember all these details because there's so much stuff that I like kind of forgot about I know I know and some people really do just get like all in yeah like it's insane (laughs) so to kind of wrap up fourth wing the ending I was so captivated at the end like I was captivated the entire book but the ending it was just like so much going on but not in like a chaotic way but Liam dying in the attack was so sad to me like literally broke my heart broke my heart so bad because her and Liam had just developed this fun little friendship and it was just I don't know I just felt like we really got Violet's emotions through that and I felt that too like it was just so sad he I can't remember exactly what he said but like he said something I think she said like thank you for being my best friend or I don't know something and he said like it was my honor and then like that was all he said and yes it was awful (laughs) yes it was so awful it seriously broke I don't know it just broke my heart it was so sad and then uh first real quick we didn't mention but like of course Zayden and Violet fall like they fall in love yeah they start dating <laughs> yes and I was surprised like we did get a little not a whole lot it wasn't a lot at all but just like, we got a little bit of spice we did and speaking of the spice and kind of going back with <laughs> Violet figuring out what her power is the lightning and yes one of my favorite things <laughs> that Taryn said was because for whatever reason during their 
spicy time, their lightnings would really start going crazy. And I don't remember even what they were doing or what, like what was needed, but she was needing to do her powers on something. And Taryn was like, do I need to go get the squad leader? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. Yes, I agree. It did me too. And that again, just kind of like, I love the relationship between her and her dragons. Yes. <laughs> it was just, and the fact that like, her dragon is bonded with Zayden's dragon. I just love that whole dynamic. But yeah, I was actually, I didn't really expect a lot of spice. So I was actually like surprised that we did get some, but it was, it was good. I liked it. It was, it was for me, the romance lover, it was the perfect amount because I knew it was there. So like, you know, like I looked like, I don't, I could never read a fantasy book without romance in it. There's no way. Yeah. I kind of kept that little something for you to like kind of stay focused on aside from the fantasy aspects yes 100 percent. I get that and so then the very end of fourth wing we find out that her brother Brennan is actually alive after she's thought he's been dead for years yeah and that (laughs) completely shocked me uh same I like that came out I I that I never I never suspected that at the end. Me neither. And I think I actually like, because it said something like, it was just like literally at the very, 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 very tail end of the book (laughs) that we just get this like, whatever, like, and there's Brennan. And I was like, wait, what? And I had to like rewind, like, and I was listening to it, but I had to rewind, like, did I hear that right? Like, wait, what? Well, and it was so casual because, so like they were on that under attack and then, Violet got stabbed by a venom and so that's because Zayden knew that Brennan was alive and Zayden took them to whatever I think it was like Erasia or something like that yes. and that's where Brennan was and then to get because he's a healer and yes. then it's just like so casually like here's the healer that's gonna save your life and then out walks Brennan like no big deal in book yeah, well, that's literally what it was. Like it was literally, like that. yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I, I'm not, like I'm not even joking. I'm pretty sure the book is like it says something about like hi Brennan or Brennan's alive, and then like it's done over. Yes, yeah, I, I it, that's exactly what it was. Because like I said, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and then end, and then of course when we read the book, when we read Fourth Wing, we saw to wait a while before book two came out. So it was like. I just remember ending that book with on just such a like high of like so many emotions. I loved it so much. I truly don't have a single like really negative thing to say about Fourth Wing. No, I don't have any complaints about Fourth Wing whatsoever. I was talking about it to everyone and anyone. I I didn't think I talked about it to you that much because at the time I didn't know if you were like interested in it. So I was like talking to my sister about it and I was like begging her to read it. And then when she did read it, I was like, text me when you read the last page. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just so, 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 so good. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and follow us on TikTok. Bye, guys.